0: a dynamic christian professional community let's move beyond talk fellas and start creating the change we want to see exploring theology doctrine and all of the fascinating subjects in between broadcasting from an undisclosed location dead men walking starts now Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Moore. Thanks for coming along on the ride, guys. Thanks for checking out DMWPodcast.com, where you can support the show. we got some snarky merch over there. You can uh, still get it in time for Christmas if you want to order it. 25% off your entire order, $50 or more. Um, Also, thank you to Jacob Supply. He's a sponsor of the show. Quality building prices at discounted. Prices. I'm sorry. Did I say quality building price, quality building products at discounted prices. I um, mean, he ships nationally too. Get all, gets all kind of on steel on uh, barns, on appliances. Check them out. Jacobsupply.com. It'll be linked up to this episode here. Uh, we want to support that brother in the Lord. He does a good job. But uh, now that the uh, shameless self promotion is out of the way. Uh we want to get right into it because uh we got a special guest and I know we say that every week but this is a special guest. Um he's worked in the broadcast broadcasting industry for quite a while. I think he did some stuff with San Jose Sharks. I know he were he contributed at Turning Point for a little bit. Um all those different things. Uh it's John Root. John, how are you, sir?
1: I'm great. Thanks a lot for having me. It's this is fun. We talked about this when we went at the Fight Laugh, Feast conference yeah. together and I'm sure we could cover a little bit of that that fun little debacle that led to like some of these connections and and everything, but it's it's good to be here. And I don't know, like like you said, I worked in sports media for a long time before I got canceled. So you know, cancel culture (laughs) hit me. Uh, It found me. Um, Yeah, Jesus found me, and cancel culture found me. That's what I tell people. And it was great working in sports media. Absolute blessing. I played D two football, so I'll never pretend like I was. Some major stud, uh, but God blessed me to play DT football at Azusa Pacific, and I always knew I wanted to go, you know, pro in something other than sports. Kind of like those old enterprise commercials people saw watching sports growing up, <laughs> and I, sure. I loved the Stuart Scotts growing up. Like, so uh, he was just booyah uh, anytime someone watched uh, Sports Center, and that was just like the epitome of sports was. I want to know the highlights, I want to know what's going on, and I want to have some fun and get away from the craziness of the world by watching Sports Center or just be involved in sports in general. So for me, I want to be involved in sports media. And then I was lucky enough to work for the Sharks, the Golden State Warriors organization, specifically working with their G League team. And I did some stuff with NBC Sports, the major sports broadcaster out there in the Bay Area. That's where I was born. And I know a lot of people were probably like, how did this Northern California, Bay area kid, uh, turn out. Okay. Like not only conservative and Christian, I'm sure we can go (laughs) over that. Um, yeah, that, that's all God for sure. And, and being born in a a fantastic family, but pandemic hit, everything shut down. Uh, and then, you know, God was really pushing me towards a place of like, there's a lot of things that I haven't been able to speak out about because I always tell people, you can't just go guns blazing and be like, oh, I can't believe all the people just don't like me. It's like as Christians, first and foremost, we're countercultural. So yeah. I can talk about the LGBTQ stuff, the way that Pride Nights have been hijacked and all the social justice nonsense. But I'd have to know that I'm going to lose my job. So uh, I was kind of a little bit more like even keel about that stuff. I'd have good conversations behind the scenes. But if I share that stuff publicly, everything I work for would be done. But God ended up. um Kind of ripping sports media away from me in a sense. Uh, When I worked for a company called Fanatics, I went to the gym out here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I live now. And I moved out here during the pandemic. And I went to the gym without a mask the day that our governor said, go ahead and decide for yourself what a concept. And you would have thought that I murdered 55 people in that gym and took a gym mirror (laughs) selfie of it. Um, But that led me to working for Turning Point USA, being a contributor with them not just getting a peek behind the curtain, but fully being behind the curtain of conservatism and finding out how really godless that is. There's some amazing people doing some incredible work, but also, too, it's a place where people start idolizing politicians, political parties, and how, you know more than anything, I I still love sharing sports, the non-woke side of sports, stories that you you probably wouldn't see with mainstream sports media. And for some reason, God's provided me a platform. I don't think it's Really, anything massive, but it's big enough to be able to, you know, have great connections like I do with you now and the guys at Cross Politic, G3, so many people in these reform circles. Like I'm learning a lot, and more than anything, too, I want to filter everything through scripture. That's my very long intro and bio, and hopefully that gives everybody a clear understanding of who John Root is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you for that. So there's so many things that we could touch on here that that I want to talk about, not just sports related. And uh, let's get into it because um, you came across my radar. Actually, uh, I was watching some interview clips from G3. I went to the national conference in 21. I wasn't able to get down there uh, this, this year. Um, but I always keep up on that stuff. Um, Josh, uh, has been on the program before, Mm -hmm. um, the let's, you know, just thinking guys, um, Daryl and Virgil, love those guys. Um, you know, have conversations with Owen back and forth. So I, I, keep tabs on that, uh. And just wanted to see what was going on. James White's been on, and I know he spoke there. So, wanted to see what was going on. And I saw you interviewing um, a couple guys. I think it was Owen at the time. And I didn't really know who you were. And I watched the clip and didn't think anything of it, except man, they got a they got a good looking guy, good looking kid down there doing these <laughs> interviews. <laughs> like you look Very sharp, good. you know, dress sharp, look good. And uh then like a day or two later, um sweatshirt gate breaks open with uh my friend AD Robles, who uh said, What the heck is this guy? You know, basically made something to what you were wearing, which that's what ad does, whatever it, it is what it is. I don't know if it was necessarily uh uh a personal attack. I think it was, hey, you know, he's got some qualms with some of the G3 guys. I'm friends with cross politic. I'm friends with G three. I'm kind of caught in the middle of the dang thing. Um, I would just want us all to advance the kingdom of God by preaching the gospel and one of repentance and true Christ. Uh, but with that being said, I went, wait a minute, that's the guy that I just <laughs> saw for the first time two days ago on an interview, you know, so, cause you were doing, I think some of the interviews down there and that kind of yeah. led me into uh, following you on Twitter, seeing what you're posting, what you're talking about. And I met, and I went, man, this guy goes hard on Twitter. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you stay, he doesn't, you know, fr- from what it was kind of framed by some of the guys like, oh, he might be this kind of soft, kind of squishy, evangelifish. jellyfish, uh, you know, just down there appeasing G3. And then I was looking at your. Social media, and I was like, "Oh, this is one of my bros, dude." Um, no, he takes some really hard stances. Uh, he's, you know, you're not mean about it, but you're very upfront about what the word of God says, and uh, that's kind of where I started following you and, and kind of learning about you. So, you know, I've only known of you probably for the last four, five, six months, um, but uh, it it has blossomed into something. I'm glad that we are at least online friends and i can see your content because i think it's great um and we talked a little bit at fight laugh feast but tell me about how what you thought when that whole thing went down with just and to be clear for those listening i don't know i think it was because something similar to what you're wearing today right he, did, he didn't like the what was it the sweatshirt uh, yeah, hoodie, the hoodie, the hoodie blazer combo which in my younger days i rock dude i love that i think it's a great combo of uh, classic and casual like let's go you know
1: Yep. And that's the thing for me is like, I can't pretend I'm a tough guy. Like I'm a tall, (laughs) blonde haired, very white, goofy looking guy. And right now I'm drinking a smoothie. So like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some sort of alpha male over here. And But I I know, especially with a lot of the Christian naturalist conversation, I think it's led to, you know, quite frankly, and I'm not like throwing anybody specifically under the bus, but I think there's a lot of vitriol And, and there's a lot of, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you know everybody on this side is doing it well, and everybody on that side is not doing it well, like just like you said, we want to come together as Christians, and no doubt everybody wants this to be a god honoring nation. Obviously, the way that we go about that is can be drastically different, and the way that we have discourse online sometimes just doesn't lead to fruitful conversation but you know i was I was blessed enough to get connected with Virgil Walker just a little over a year ago and mm-hmm uh, he's been a great mentor of mine, a great friend. He's just an awesome human being that loves the Lord so well. And I think he's been a great hire for G3. And he asked me to be the host of the live stream for their national conference. And I was super humbled and very thankful because I mean, I just got to continue to be open and honest. Like I don't have a seminary degree and you know, I'm, I'm someone that is just really, studying the word. I'm going through discipleship with my pastor. I got great mentors. And I know I'm connected with the Apologia guys out here. I'm connected with Costi Hinn out here in Phoenix. Like I'm learning a lot. So I'm never gonna position myself as, hey, John Root is the authority figure of yeah. you know some sort of heavy theological topic. Sure, I have plenty of my thoughts, but what I saw here and what I've done continually throughout my career is uh first and foremost before we got to hoodie blazer gate is (laughs) owen strand said some stuff that really irks some people and it's and some people saw it as straw man arguments some people saw it as throwing shade without uh it being at somebody specifically so i saw me in my position as a person that said i am reading everything online and I know the questions that need to be asked and the answers that everybody is desperately searching for because I know Owen's not going to sit down with uh, people more on the Christian nationalist side like AD. I don't see I don't see that happening. Right. Um, and is that necessarily because of AD? No, that might be more people like connected in his circle. I don't know. I can't speak for Owen. I can't speak for AD. But in general. I wanted it to be extremely helpful for everybody, no matter what side of the Christian nationalist conversation you're at. Uh, And then make sure that we're not strawmanning that like everybody that's post-mill is Christian nationalist and everybody that's pre-mill is is not. It's like, no, specifically based off what you said, Owen, here's some questions. I'm looking for some answers. Yes, I'll agree with some stuff that Owen says. I believe Owen is a, a great friend of mine. He's been a good mentor of mine, but also at the same time, it doesn't mean that I go along with everything that Owen said or the way that he went about it was perfect. But in general, it's sure. like, I thought it was helpful. But what it turned into was, I mean, just plain simple. I didn't like the way that AD went about it because I just yeah. saw like, oh, this guy's connected with G3. So all of a sudden this guy's soft. Um, This guy must just fall in line with everything that we're thinking about this guy. Like, yeah, sure. We're all going to judge a book by his cover, whether we believe it or not. Like we shouldn't be doing that as Christians, but we all, we all do it so i don't doubt that people look at me and they're like wait a minute like this guy isn't like he's not super buttoned up but he also looks too casual to me and then when i saw the the comment from from ad and again too it's like ad and i had a great little meeting at uh fight laugh feast and it's like water under the under the bridge but it's like come on i I don't need to hear that like owen's telling me what to wear and that like the white guilt kind of thing. It's like people can call me soft and be like, oh, well, that's what AD does. But like in general, I was like, just how does this add to fruitful conversation and how does this make me personally want to listen to what you have to say from here on out? Uh, Because it's like, it's not really going to lead me down a a path to be like, oh yeah, well, thanks for kind of like those subtle insults i'm not really gonna go crying to mama about something like that but i'm (laughs) I'm more just kind of like shoot man if we're having christian discourse i just personally am not really gonna want to listen to anything else you you have to say but got to meet up with with ad and 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 joel when we're at fight laugh feast and then like ad was wearing a hoodie under his blazer and that's kind of my fit that's what i've always worn um for for a long time ever since i was working with the sharks like i'd wear a hoodie under my blazer i think it's uh just a different kind of look. I think it keeps me a little bit young and a little bit more hip because I just don't feel comfortable when I'm putting on a um, a button up underneath my blazer and like maybe like a, just a suit and tie full thing. It's like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel relatable to me. I don't feel comfortable in it. And I think it allows yeah. like people to feel like let's have theological conversations without feeling like you either have to be incredibly casual or you have to be way too buttoned up.
0: I like it. No, like yep. I said, I like the look and uh, I, I had no issue with it. I here's, here's, here's my issue is, and I think this is a broader issue to what you're speaking to. And mm-hmm. tell me what you think about this is I've found, cause I worked in politics a long time too. I'm a locally elected official, but I'm also, uh, you know, I do stuff on campaigns and some national campaigns and yeah. stuff. And I found when, and when you're in legislative bodies as well, too, and you have caucuses in the political sense, when you have denominations, when you have any type of group and. You get down to a certain type of tribalism where you kind of circle the wagons around your guys, and if things are going really good, then infighting starts. I've seen that in both politics churches um you know any type of group sports um yeah. but i I'm seeing right now two things in 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 the Christian movement, especially in the reform movement as well, is we're really it's almost like uh you know, the outside world's on fire. So let's start nitpicking secondary and third issues within our own community. uh, Because why? I mean, I I don't know, but, but I'm seeing the tribalism too, which I don't like, which is like, okay, the uh, you know, the, I don't know, the, the post mill guys are over here. The theonomy guys and post over here and Oh, the G three and they're a little more Baptist and they're over here. And it's like, okay, I, I get that. That's why we're in different denominations and we have different creeds and confessions and, uh, that's fine. But man, I feel like in the world we're living in right now, um, a Joel Webin and an Owen strand should be linking arms and going, okay, what can we fight together? Uh, you know, in this culture right now, or, you know, a, a Doug Wilson and, uh, you know, Josh Bice should be going, let's sit down and talk through our issues here, uh, that are non-orthodox that are secondary issues. And, um, y- you know, let's move forward. Now it might be happening at leadership level and I'm just not privy to it. Some some of it I am, but I I tell you what, all the kind of the followers and Hey, that guy's my guy type attitude. And then there's no, there's, there's no quarter for any type of, uh, grace or give at all because I have to be right or I have to look good or you have to look bad. So I look good. It's a, it's just weird thing where we fall into this secular non-Christian kind of tribalism that really bothers me because maybe, you know, I think I'm a little, maybe we're a little more like to where, look at man, I'm hanging out with my reformed Baptist brothers. I'm hanging out with the G3 guys. I'm hanging, heck, I'm not in the fight, laugh, feast network right now. I, am you know, cross politic guys. Absolutely. All day long. I am reformed Presbyterian uh, in my, um, you know, in my theology, but at the same time, it's like, man, the stuff that separates some of us is so razor blade thin and not, not necessarily uh, that important in reference to salvation and who Christ is and those Orthodox things that it's like, man, it's not worth my time. I'd Let's go argue, you know, (laughs) let's go make fun of an atheist or a secularist or a pagan or one of these guys that want to, you know, uh, allow children to have sex change. Like we have other things going on here and that's what, you know, That's what I don't like. That's why, like, when I talk to you, I kind of get that same feeling of, yeah, I have my own thoughts. And I know as a broadcaster, we'll get into this. Sometimes it's not your job to have an opinion on something when when you're a professional interviewer, broadcaster, trying to bring minds together, put out a production, which I think man, it feels like there's no grace for that either of look at whatever happened to someone being in the room and allowing two or three or four people to talk. And the person who is controlling or moderating that or that interview or debate or whatever doesn't necessarily have to have a hard take. That's not yeah. their position or lane. Their position or lane is to make sure that whole production, that discussion goes where it should go. The questions that need to be asked are asked. And that's kind of what I was feeling with you when I saw some of your work and I appreciated that. Um, I don't know. That's a lot to bite on there, but do you have any comments yeah. on kind of that tribalism and then also letting people play their roles when it comes to broadcast? Yeah. A couple of
1: different things there. I mean, first and foremost, a lot of people believe that Twitter is almost real life, that <laughs> yeah. if we have some sort of discussion about this, it needs to be almost debate-like and it needs to be lively and there needs to be bombs dropped. And For me, as you said, like, yeah, as a broadcaster, I'm representing G3. So also, too, like, I'm not saying that I'm muzzled, but I have enough respect for G3 to know that, hey, I'm going to position myself, you know, whether I'm working for G3 or I was in the same position uh, for like Fight, Laugh, Feast or anybody else. Like, I'm in the position to ask questions. This is not the soapbox moment for John Root or trying to just make some sort of clickbait. And I'm not saying that everybody does that, but what happens within this tribalism is it's a, like you said, it's a terrible witness to people that aren't Christians. So they're like, what the heck? Like I already like wasn't really much of a fan of Christians. They might, you know, we have the atheists out there or the secularists or whatever it may be, and they're kind of like, ah, oh, like I already saw these people as kind of like angry, um, hard-headed. And it doesn't even seem like they get along within seemingly in their own family because a lot of people, they don't know denominationalism. Like they don't they don't understand the difference between a Baptist and a Presbyterian. And then they're like, well, what are they even talking about here? And why are they fighting? I don't understand these words like some of these secondary issues. Sure, we can debate them until Jesus comes back and that's fine. But that comes down to agreeing to disagree. We just don't yeah. see that in society much anymore anymore and we're not really seeing it within within these christian circles so and then i'm also seeing hints of almost like we see in the word like you know jesus who is the greatest like you're we're almost putting ourselves in these positions to be like no like i almost want to prove a point um about my eschatology or about some of these like secondary issues um and i don't know an aspect of like baptism or something like that like i really want to prove that i am right or the person that I follow very heavily theologically is right. And sure you can have some fun with like Moscow mood and no quarter right. and those kind of things. Like, yeah, have, have some fun with that stuff. Because like, I love uh, my brothers and sisters up there and they've done incredible work. I know my buddy Gabe too, like we'll disagree on some stuff. Um, yep. And that's beautiful. He has the ability to shoot me a text, but that guy in chocolate Knox and, Uh, Sumter, like everybody, like they put in so much work to like have me out, uh, at the conference and we're chatting all the time and we're learning from each other. But I think often, and I know I've fallen into this too, is okay. I can, nobody is really fully going to understand the tone that you have on social media, but we have to think of, we can't control the way that people think, but we can control the way that we react. Um, and if we start just having a little bit more fruitful conversation, I think there is times where like the ship is sailed with some of these conversations. Hopefully, you know, God doesn't work in, in everybody's hearts. And I know there's plenty of conversations going on behind the scenes, but especially when it comes to the followers of some of these like social media accounts, these influencers, uh, theologians, apologists, pastors, it starts to get to a point where they're like, well, I don't even know how this is going to be fruitful in the first place. And then also to you can't just drop a bomb on me, have all your fo- followers go after me and then be like, you know what? We should sit down and talk about it. It's Correct. like, no, 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 you can't. You can't hit somebody below the belt, essentially, um, and then be like, yeah. you know what? No, it'd be great as if we talked about it. No, 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 no. Like we the, the grace and the mercy should have happened many tweets ago or many months ago, or a couple calls or texts ago, or something like that. So I think that tribalism yeah. is really hurting us. And like you said, there's some major issues that we should be focusing on. Um, and sure, we, there's always going to be division like within the church, uh, but we got to do that in a godly manner and not be prideful uh, about it. And hopefully people understand too that like I know it makes it sound like I'm just like, all right, John, you seem like you're taking a very neutral position. Like, no, like you can read my Twitter. You can know like really what my stance on is on on some of these things. But I just mostly see such powerful entities for Christ that need to somehow come together because if we're going to make this a Christian nation or continue to fight, um, for our God given rights and make sure that this objective morality is more portrayed in, uh, ingrained in our society, we probably need to figure out that there is strength in numbers and we are better together than apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, so let's shift gears here for a minute. Uh, you're a sports guy. Uh, you're in the sports world. You're in the broadcasting world. I've always loved talking about this to other believers because I've seen extreme beliefs on this, where, where kind of sports fit into the Christian life. OK, mm-hmm. I've seen some on the very probably I, I don't know if I want to say conservative but one on one side of the spectrum that it's like, look, it's useless entertainment. They were doing it back in Rome, except back then they were feeding, you know, Christians, to lions. We don't need it. Just focus on Christ. Meditate on the Bible, you know, preach the word. OK, those are all good things. But no. I see people on the other side to where, you know, uh, you've got these crazy mega churches that will literally play out a football game with cheerleaders on stage for a sermon on Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah. That's way too far the other way. So I look <laughs> at it and Sunday I, sermon. let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Your sermon better not last more than a quarter. We only take 15 minutes at mega churches. After that, we're out. Uh, But, but my point is, is that I've said this many times on the podcast is like moderation is so next to godliness in so many things, so many things that the Lord gives us that outside of moderation become very harmful in our lives. And I've experienced some of those things personally, uh, that I've either abused or, you you know, did not use correctly or in moderation. So where does sports, do you think personally, where do sports fit in to the believer's life, um, to, to someone who wants to honor God? Should it, I'll I'll leave it there. Where does it fit in, in a believer's life? What do you think? I mean,
1: I think, like you said, it's gotta be done in moderation. And the way I see things now, especially within like Christian and conservative circles, there's so many people that are just trying to say like, oh, I just hate that sports have gone so woke and they're, uh, they're so lib and all these things. It's like, well, because we have decided to leave the fight. Like, I don't think there's any other outlet that has the potential to bring people together better than sports. I, I don't think anybody can provide any sort of entity or outlet that does that. I mean, just look at the Olympics. You have war-torn yeah. countries that can settle it on the field, the court, or the mat. That is a unbelievably beautiful thing. And then a lot of yeah. times, too, when people go to sports games, you know, it's not like that much anymore, but we are fighting back to make sure that like sports is an outlet away from the craziness of the world – and we don't need to see the politics infused. We don't need to see the godlessness infused. But a lot of times in our lives, when we go to a game, it's like you're either going to uh, you're going to see the A's and the Giants. Mostly, if you're going there, you got like a 50 50 split. You're rooting for the A's. You're rooting for the Giants. I want this team to win. You want uh, this team to win. I don't care how you voted. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I have no idea where you came from. I don't know how much money you got in your bank account. We're just there to cheer on competition and that's it. And it's all about meritocracy. So I think the things that you learn in sports and especially, um, the way that not only the left is trying to hijack professional sports, but youth sports, these kids should not have to worry about social justice. They shouldn't have to worry about, um, this whole like DEI nonsense. Um, sports is about meritocracy over the last 20 years it's been one starting white cornerback in the NFL I don't care what color you are right I want the best I want the best player on the Atlanta Falcons that's it right. <laughs> like, I I could right. care less they're black white purple yellow green whatever but I think when we start instilling some of the things that we learn in sports like discipline teamwork sacrifice those kind of things have helped make me the man that that I am today. And I feel like a lot of these things that we can learn in sports, I mean, we even see um, in the Christian life, what are we supposed to do? Run the race. Yeah. You know, obviously that might be like pulling too much out of the text, but in general, like I think when you're, when you're in sports, you're learning how to fight in a sportsman like manner. You're learning how to push yourself to a limit that you also should see within your spiritual life, you should always be pushing. You don't always want to go and, and do that practice. You might just want to play in the games, but you got to get into the word. So when you get into the game, when you have to give a defense for the hope that you have, you, you put in the practice, you're in the right community. I think there's a lot of things we learn in sports and sports. If we completely um, take ourselves away, it's going to be unrecognizable and it's going to be so godless. It's going to be so leftist. And we're seeing differences being made just like uh, what's going on in the NHL. They're no longer wearing pride jerseys and warmups. Yes, that means they're no longer wearing uh, military, military jerseys or any sort of specialty jerseys. But they're realizing that this is not only a distraction, but there is an aspect of people fighting back to say, like, this is godlessness. And, this yeah, and that is was God. basically
0: like one one guy, right? Stood up and was like, yeah. no, I'm good. So, and then it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. multiple,
1: multiple. So um Ivan Provorov from the from the Flyers, uh, Stahl Brothers from the Panthers, and then James Reimer from the Sharks. And I think there might have been uh, somebody else. But there's multiple players that that stood up. And then also, too, there's a lot of influence that, that fans have. If you don't like yeah. the direction they're going, you can easily hit up um, the commissioner's office, uh, the top dogs in these leagues. Uh, yeah. You can... Stop buying NBA league pass. You can stop buying jerseys, season tickets, single game tickets, like, and you can make your voice heard and you can make a huge difference. And I think we're yeah. starting to see some of that. But I love sports, and as long as you don't make it an idol, you're yeah. not letting it take away from your family, uh, your community, getting yeah. into the word. And if if it's not glorifying to God, um, and you're you, you just want to watch the Monday night football game, and it's taken away from hanging out with your kids or fellowshipping with with friends, right? Um, you can do Leave both at go. the same time, but um, that's why I think I love
0: sports. Damn. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Covenant Real Estate. And why not? It's my podcast and my real estate company. But seriously, I've absolutely enjoyed helping clients buy, sell, and invest in real estate over the last 12 years. My brokerage serves clients in Michigan and Ohio with more states coming soon. When I started this brokerage, I wanted to ensure that my expertise and knowledge would serve every one of my clients. I take my fiduciary responsibility to my clients very seriously. That's why I named it Covenant Real Estate. Not only is a covenant a contract in the legal sense, but it's also a solemn promise from myself to each of my clients. I will do my absolute best to serve you. It's also pretty cool that our name has some theological implications as well, which is a great conversation starter. And here's the best part. My agents and I have extensive experience in helping people buy and sell residential homes, buy and sell commercial properties, as well as investing in real estate and selling and purchasing recreational and vacant land. Covenant Real Estate can help you with all of your real estate needs, and I would love the opportunity to earn your business. So if you have real estate needs in Michigan or Ohio, call me at 734-731-GREG. That's 734-731-GREG. Or click on the link in the description of this podcast episode you're listening to right now. Remember, Covenant Real Estate. Confidence from contract to close. Oh, no, I'm definitely tracking with you. There's a lot of good, godly, biblical principles that are incorporated in sports, too. Right. Uh, I would even say some uh, proverb esque kind of wisdom in sports with uh, team building, discipline, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Which leads me to uh, kind of what I want to talk to next, but you touched on it. So, do you believe? I mean, are we at the tipping point to where sports has become too political? I mean, it seems like we always have some type of activism going on in, in every game. The NFL has three or four different things almost every game. It feels like you see it in the NBA um, on, you know, on the on the court. They're painting certain things and doing And It feels like now I got this is a two parter, though, because it feels like we really pushed it over the last five years. But I also feel like there's starting to be like a little bit of a pushback and ease on that. Just in the fact that in the NFL this year, I haven't seen I've never seen so many star players after interviews, like literally preaching the word before they start their interview. Like it's insane. Like, my, my, so I'm, I live in Michigan. Uh, my son is nine. He started watching he started playing football three years ago. When he got into it, he became a Ohio State fan. Broke my heart, right? I'm U of M. He's Ohio State. <laughs> oh, it is no. what it is. But at the but at the time. <laughs> You know, they've been they, 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 in the way that they should go. Greg. I know, right? <laughs> they, they've been beating up on us for 10 years. We've got them the last three years. But the point was, is he loves CJ Stroud, right? And then you yeah. watch him in the NFL and this guy's just out here. Pre- not, I want to give all glory to God. Oh yeah, that was a good catch. I mean, some of these guys are going on for 30, 45 seconds and, you, and really using some language where my ears go, okay, that's not a surface level. Like I'm accepting my Grammy and thanking God that this is like, there's a, there's a faith there. And I've seen this a lot in the NFL. I've seen a little bit more in the NBA. And I'm going, okay, so the Lord is working through because people are watching that. You know what I mean? People are listening to it. Um, some people look up to those uh, athletes in probably an, an idol esque way and then go, okay, well, what does this guy talk? I mean, it, the Lord can use uh, CJ Stroud just as much as he can use anyone else in anything we're doing. So I, I have a little bit of hope too, where I'm going, I'm starting to see, you know, we heard about the Russell Wilsons and stuff. Even 10 years ago, he was leading his team in in, in Bible studies and stuff like that when he was on the Seahawks. That's good. I'm saying it's almost becoming a little more open to where it's like, okay, you want to talk about, uh, you know, cancer survivors and trans rights and uh, homosexuality and all this other stuff that these sports uh, teams and, and players are pushing. Well, then the other players that are believers are like, cool. Well, then I can talk about my faith. And it's kind of this weird double edged sword to where I feel like I'm starting to see some, I don't want to say pushback, but starting to see, Okay, look at if you if you want to talk about love is love. Well, I'm going to talk about, you know, glorifying Christ every time I touch the football. And it's like, hmm, that's interesting, too, to where I mean, are you seeing that kind of dynamic in sports where it's open up across the board? And two, do you believe it's become too political? Should we take some of that stuff out?
1: yeah before I get to is it too political the simple answer is yes but what you're seeing now like you said is I mean even if people watch the uh the Bengals against the Jaguars uh Trevor Lawrence solid Christian uh he's become a great QB in the in the NFL but he ended up hurting his ankle and the defensive end I'm going blank on his name I'm sorry I don't remember his name uh but he tried to help up Trevor Lawrence
0: yeah I think I saw it on your feed
1: yeah (laughs) And like, I tried to share that stuff on my platform quite a bit. And what he did right away when Trevor Lawrence collapsed again is he got down on a knee and he prayed immediately. And like, that is just such a beautiful testimony. And then also you see things that are a little bit more like on the nose, someone like CJ Stroud. So many people can talk about God. They can have their own understanding of like, God can mean a zillion different things to a zillion different people. Even someone like LeBron James will bring up God. Yeah. But like, is he? Does he mean Big G God? Does he mean the God of the Bible? Like, based on his fruit, I would say ninety nine point nine nine to nine nine percent sure it's not the God of the Bible. But CJ right. Stroud, he's saying, "My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." Like, that's a yeah. powerful statement. And then also too, when you have someone like Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant. For people that don't know uh, what Mister Irrelevant means, he was the final pick in the NFL draft two years ago. He's yeah. the front runner for most valuable player in the nfl he is talked about on podcasts and openly uh about the resurrection of jesus christ like those kind of things are not just like man i just thank god for all the blessings i'm so glad i just signed this three-year 475 billion dollar contract like of course you're going to be thanking god for for that for that blessing but you know to see guys like even when they have struggles in some games, but they had a big drive at the end. They're giving all glory to God um, in the good and the bad. And that's what you want to see for kids like yours and everybody else that knows how woke sports have gone, because getting back to that, sports have become way too political. So you get to a point where like, oh, man, like, do I even want my kid watching this broadcast? Right. But when you have someone like CJ Stroud that, you know, is going to say, I'm giving all glory and power and authority to Jesus Christ. I thank him for the blessings. I thank him for the struggles. And obviously, like C.J. Stroud, he's leading the league in passing yards right now. He's having an unbelievable rookie season. But when we see that, um, it's like, that's a great example for kids. That's what sports are supposed to be. They don't need to get infused with all this social justice nonsense have kids start asking you know why did they do a black national anthem i thought we had like one national anthem and then it's like why are we doing a pride night where we have men cosplaying women there's a lot of leftism that's just been thrown into and it's just godlessness um aspects of marxism we're going to see uh in the sport Uh, a couple things like number one uh, uh we saw every single league go heavily into social justice so they were kneeling for the flag and disrespecting Our country. But the NHL ended up saying after doing an audit of front offices, the amount of white people in the whitest sport in the history of the world, They after that audit, they said the amount of white people in the front office is a problem. That is Marxism. Then we're going to go to the NBA. NBA and then the WNBA. We can just kind of put those together because the NBA uh, subsidizes the WNBA. We, We see a lot of great athletes in there, but like, you know, who's someone that claims to be Christian, but is not really bearing good fruit, Steph Curry. He doesn't says he doesn't know what he feels about uh, abortion. And then he's going to go and platform Stacey Abrams, who believes that the heartbeat that you hear when you go to the doctor's office is some fabricated sound based in white supremacy. And then they're going to have George Floyd um, there on their, on their courts. And they're going to have a social justice award winner at the end of the season NFL. You're going to see end racism in the end zone. So there's an incredible amount of virtue signaling. And then you're going to see other leagues like uh, the MLB. They took away the All Star game from Atlanta a couple seasons ago because Joe Biden ended up calling uh, voting, uh, the new voting laws they had that said you need to have a state issued ID in order to vote. Joe Biden called it Jim Crow 2.0. And then the MLB, yeah, the MLB like fell in line and they ripped the all-star game away from a predominantly black community. And where did they ship it off to Colorado an incredibly leftist city, but more of a predominantly white city. So these things start not making sense, but the Braves ended up winning uh, the world series that year. And it's like the MLB is forced to host the world series in Atlanta. And that's a beautiful thing. But I think we're seeing some, um, some people like fight back. We see the Rangers. They ended up winning the world series. They're the one team in major league baseball that doesn't celebrate pride night. Uh, and then we're seeing what again what happened in the NHL. There's no longer pride uniforms that uh, players are going to be forced to uh, to wear. Yes, they kind of um, cowered when it came to pride tape um, most most recently. But I think we're seeing people fight back. Players are realizing they have a lot of power, and it's we're I think we're slowly but surely getting sports to uh, a better place. But we also have to remember, like I. Th- I think this kind of virtue signaling and this social justice and this DEI stuff, it's its going to be there for good. And I think we have to understand that the Rooney rule, in case people, this is my last thing I have for all the leftism in sports, because it, be, it would be like a CVS receipt I could go through with all the nonsense <laughs> that's right. happening in sports. But the Rooney rule is basically telling every single NFL team that you guys need to um, at least put a black or minority candidate Uh, and put them, um, in an interview process when you're looking for a head coach, it's insanity. So now it's, now it's literally about the color of your skin that you can't like, I didn't ask, I didn't work to be white. I didn't ask to be white. There's nothing we can do about our whiteness, just like anybody with their blackness or whatever it may be. You're now saying we're going to see people by the color of their skin or They can't even explain what gender is, but they'll say like, yeah, you should probably have like a female uh, interviewed as well, (laughs) even though like you you can't explain. So but that's what we're seeing. But those kind of things are going to be involved in sports and they can get compensated uh, for these kind of things if they end up hiring black or minority people. It's it's insanity, but virtue signaling will be there. But hopefully we can continue to fight back against things like pride and um, sexual morality like that.
0: Yeah. So I don't want to belabor this too long, but what, what is crazy to me is like you said, meritocracy, that is kind of sports has always been that like whoever's best, whoever can do it best. It's like, you know, think of Jackie Robinson, think of some of these things to where the the fact that it was just, we don't care what color you are now. Don't get me wrong. There was a long time where, where uh, minorities were locked out of major league sports, but they broke through and then it was, Oh geez. Yeah. let let's go. Whatever can help us win. We don't care what color you are, where you're from. You know what I mean? Baseball really embraced that. We probably have more uh, Dominicans playing in the MLB right now than, uh, even, uh, Americans. It feels like, um, yeah. uh, you know, citizen wise, but, um, my point being is that was almost like the true equalizer. It's like, if nothing else, sports kind of broke through. And it was that place where I didn't get politics. I didn't have to talk about race. I didn't have to talk about, you know, the, the crap going on at work. Like it was like, who cares where they're from, what they are. I want my team to win. I want the best guy playing. And it was this equalizer that now we've kind of gone the exact opposite way. And now it's like, okay, let's get back into intersectionality and you're black and you're white and uh, you're minority. And you know, you're know you from this country and you did this and you're this gender. And it's like, man, it, it felt like it, Now, don't, I'm not, I don't want to sugarcoat the past, but it's like once that barrier was broken, you know, you even think of like Alabama football and the movie they made off of that, to where it was like, I know this is wrong, but it, uh, and Shane Gillis does a great bit on this, a stand-up comic that talking is one about of the like best stand-up bits. <laughs> but once they found out these guys could win some football games, like let's go. You know, they said they solved racism in a in a in a high school football season. But it's this weird thing to where yeah. it's like it, it that does naturally kind of work when it's like, hey. Let's, you know, and it works very well in the military as well, which that's a whole nother discussion, how we're disrupting that, where it's like when you're all the same and you're all fighting for one cause and I don't care what color you look and how much you weigh and what color eyes you are, you know, what your hair looks like. We're all Mm -hmm. just going towards this and we're all the same. And there's a really equalizing force in that. And it's kind of crazy how we've gone backwards now. And now it's like, like you said, like the, would you call it the Rooney rule? Is that what it is? I didn't know what it was called. Rooney rule in the NFL where you're forced to interview certain people to where golly, could you imagine if you have uh, a person who is never going to get that job just because you know their qualifications, but you have to put them through the interview process because of that rule, man, what a disservice you're doing to that person too, wasting everyone's time. And you know what I mean? I don't know. It's
1: disrespectful to that person. Yeah, I mean, if someone uh, at any, any bit of them is thinking, am I only in this interview process because I'm black? Am I only in this interview process because I'm a minority? Am I only in this interview process because I'm a female? Like, this is not, this is not progressive. It is progressive in the leftism sense, but we are not progressing towards a better society. So when we look at someone like Jackie Robinson, like, I love the movie 42. I love Jackie Robinson day uh, that they have in the MLB every single season. You're right. It's the ultimate equalizer because it comes down to what are we doing? We're glorifying God and his Word, saying that we are all made in the image of God, that we're not supposed to be elevating certain people or showing partiality to a certain people group um, and then not caring for other people over here. Jackie Robinson and every player in the Negro Leagues deserved, deserved a fair shot. But that decision by the Brooklyn Dodgers was not virtue signaling. They yeah. saw someone like Jackie Robinson and said, it's almost like, almost like the Moneyball quote, like, can he get on base? Can he help us? Like, money yes. Good movie. We, want, like, we want to win games, and we want yeah. the best players to be on the field. And that's the thing yeah. that's such a bummer to see uh, leagues continue to. I got a couple of things off this one. Is like number one is you see the NFL specifically. They're like, wow, look at the amount of black quarterbacks we have. And it's just like, yeah. can they win games? Like that's it. that's all right. that's all we're worried about these black starting quarterbacks. can you win football games? Um, yeah. And then uh, number two, we're seeing that uh, another issue in sports is biological men transitioning to women, cosplaying yeah. women like Will Thomas, and taking women's opportunities, taking women's trophies, taking awards and ruining the record books. and they are considering someone like Will Thomas. A trailblazer like Jackie Robinson, like I mean, I was wow. out there, I was out there at the women's sw- women's sh- swimming championships, and seeing that, I'm like, I cannot believe that people are trying to compare the two things. Because again, just like interviewing a black person for an NFL coaching job just because they're black is incredibly insulting. It's also insulting to the legacy of Jackie Robinson and all the work that he did. If someone like will thomas is being compared to him like that is nonsensical it's not trailblazing it's regressive and i think hopefully people continue to speak out about it because all the left is doing is they're starting to like eat themselves a little bit but we're seeing other broadcasters that have pretty prominent platforms uh like sage steel uh that are speaking out against this stuff she used to work at espn and it's like this is nonsense like i'm going to support uh riley Gaines over here and say like we need to protect women's sports uh they need these women need to make sure that they have a level playing field in the sense of they have biological females competing with them. That's it.
0: Yeah. No, that's so good. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this new podcast because you didn't even really know what we were going to talk about too much here today. And obviously as people can hear and see, I mean, you're very knowledgeable, you know, your sports, uh, and you can obviously carry on a conversation very intelligently. So I heard that you were starting a new podcast. Uh, I don't know when it's going to launch, but tell us the idea and, and when you think that's going to come out uh, and what it's going to be about.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I'm going through a few different options right now, okay. but you know, I didn't, he- I didn't hear a voice from God that said, John start a show <laughs> or a podcast, but right, right, right. Um, I I've been blessed uh, with a skill set that I want to use for the glory of God. And uh one of the things that I'm really tossing around there is having conversations that we're really not hearing like based on specific topics um and yeah. trying to almost like broker conversations uh that we desperately need whether in uh the face circles uh political realm sports and like everything in between uh there's there's plenty of times too where you know I see things like uh there's such a huge catholic influence within conservatism how can we have a legit conversation with some prominent people to make sure here is the truth not a debate uh but let's dive into these um kind of things uh there's aspects of like providing an outlet for hopefully you know like athletes or other prominent sports broadcasters to say like hey you covered a few of these little things in tweets online um but let's have a full on good conversation about um, something you've been afraid to share uh, since working in broadcast sports media. Um, So I'm tossing that around a little bit and it's probably, would be something that would be like once a month. Uh, But you know, there's, there's constant, especially too, when we, I even think of something like uh, the Christian nationalism conversation. So how can we, If certain prominent figures are not going to sit down uh, with each other, how do I do kind of something similar to what happened with Owen? It's like, here's the questions that are are being asked, and here's how we can get some clear answers and then allow people to speak for themselves and then Mm -hmm. run with it. So that's what I'm thinking a little bit more, something that would... You know, I don't know if that turns into maybe we're doing something like this where it's virtual or I want to do something that's, you know, just fairly, fairly topical, a little bit more evergreen, but still to the point and, you know, go to a specific location and set it up. So I'm still kind of in the early stages, but I know kind of like that tweet was I'm putting it out there. I've been talking to multiple people, about on the production side and and others about how to go about these things. And I was like, this is just going to kind of keep my feet to the fire. And I, I know something I'm definitely thinking about more is I was in the, the crosshairs of the chosen controversy where they had the pride <laughs> flag on set yeah, and yeah. The, the chosen social media account, the official social media account uh, responded to me directly. Uh, and then I even know that like, kind of like Dallas Jenkins subtweeted me and some other posts. And then, you know, I got called homophobic and hateful and, and a bad Christian, but season four, season four of the show is coming out. And, you know, I I think of something like there's some prominent, really prominent people um, that have spoken out against the chosen um, and maybe just provide it in a way that's just like a a loving warning. And our our main focus would be like, um, here's some of the problems and then filter everything through scripture. Don't go and not watch that show just because john said so it's like no if if this doesn't align biblically and what you believe that we're presenting to you uh convicts you enough to be like you know what i i think this is leading me down a path of this is portraying a different jesus there's aspects of mariology in there there's aspects of um you know, a lack of the sovereignty of God. You can get into like the second um commandment thing. I know like Vodi Bacum has said that where it's like, ah, I just can't get into it because of that specifically. Like we can have sure. that conversation too. But I think a lot of it comes down to there's conversations that aren't happening. Too too many of us are talking past each other. And yeah. how can it be uh something that is entertaining, uplifting? Uh, and challenging uh, in a way that's um, hopefully going to be something that people want to watch or listen to once a month.
0: Yeah. So, what what's our timeline on that? Do you have any uh, public timeline? And when do you think that's going to start? Start uh, episodes start dropping or no? So, what Maybe I'm thinking year? is,
1: yeah, it's going to be. I would imagine it's probably getting more like middle of next year. Okay. Um. That that's probably what I would I'd like to do because I'm getting married uh, early. <laughs> Congratulations. And thank you. I know I found someone silly enough to say, you know what, John, you know, Let's I'll hang it. out with you the rest of your life to death do us part. Uh, Sarah, Sarah's a beautiful soul. Uh, and she, she's amazing uh, inside and out. But I, I know with leading up to the wedding, I don't really want to, you know, bite off more than I can.
0: Yeah, it's not going to be. Like, oh, we can't get married in June. That's when the first episode drops, honey. Sorry, honey. Like, <laughs> I just got a ma-
1: massive fish. You know, I threw the line out there, honey. It's like, you know, we, we can figure this out, right? Like, let's talk to the venue. Yeah. It's, no, I, I, yeah. I don't want to get on um, uh, Sarah's bad side before she even says I do. I don't want her to have right. to question that.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations on that. Being engaged to marriage you. is a good thing. Uh, finding a wife is a blessing from the Lord and we'll be watching for the podcast. Uh, make, sh- I mean, we'll be watching, uh, the, the, twitter x feed and stuff too we know when it comes out we'll make sure we promote it here too so people can take a listen all right let's put bookends on this finish this up uh you want to stick around and play fresh 10 with us that's where we ask our guests 10 fresh questions rapid fire they don't know what they are but it allows you to endear yourself to the audience and the audience to get to know you a little bit more you want to go
1: i don't know why i just got so nervous but let's party let's do it <laughs> let's go
0: Yo, can we kick that one more time let's go All right. 10 fresh questions with John Root. Let's get going with question number one here. What city and state did you grow up in and how did, how did that affect your childhood?
1: So I was born in Walnut Creek, California. That's in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, it definitely affected the way that I see the rest of the country, I guess, when I'm stuck in the, a very liberalized uh, city. Um, but I turned out okay.
0: Turned out. Okay. Very good. Question number two. What's your favorite funny story to tell people? Let's say you're in a social situation. Maybe people are telling jokes or a little intro story or something to tell about yourself. What's a go-to that you go, you want to know what this one always gets them. You got one.
1: Yeah. Um, it's funny The uh, I got a job with the sharks, minor league hockey team. It was their first season okay. in San Jose They're on the East coast. And then so I got hired to be their in arena host, the first in arena host, uh, the Sharks organization and had, and right before I'm going to do my first pregame hit, like the, pa- the place is packed. Like there are like over 10,000 people in the building for a minor league hockey game. And okay. I realized that my pen blew up in my pants. <laughs> like, it- it's just like your worst nightmare. So yeah. I I literally have like this black hand, um, that I'm (laughs) like, I had to hold my mic with the other hand. And I was like, I'm already kind of nervous. And like, I always tell people about that where I'm like, I am sweating way too much and I'm trying to get a crowd like pumped up. And I'm like, I'm desperately trying to scrub it off and stuff like that. But that, that's one of the stories that I give people from like the (laughs) hosting days. Like that was, Oh my yeah. goodness! That was my heart sank. I was like, I can't believe I'm I'm gonna get fired on my first day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell black him that basis. cameraman. Just, <laughs> yeah, black hand. just keep it out of frame, cameraman. Just keep it out of frame for me. All right, question number three: We are in the DeLorean. The flux capacitor is fluxing. Are we going back in time to visit our great great grandfather? Are we going forward in time to visit our great great grandson?
1: We're going. We're going back in time. Uh, I don't really want to know what the, what yeah. the future is like. I would actually like to see uh, a little bit more like from my little understanding of, of history. I would, yeah. I would like to go back to, to those days for sure.
0: Okay. Back in time. I like it. Yep. Good, uh, good song as well too. Uh, <laughs> question number four, what's something people would be surprised to, to know about you? Maybe they make an assumption about you or they would be surprised just to know about you just from either interacting with you or looking at you.
1: Uh, probably a couple different things. Uh, I'm an artsy guy. Uh, I actually do. I've always, I've always liked uh, drawing and painting. Uh, I I used to do that a lot years ago. Uh, I used to do like custom shoes. Actually, that was like a side hustle of mine. I've always, I've always enjoyed art. And then another thing too, is just, I'm actually a pretty emotional guy. So I'm like, not just in the sense of like, Oh, I have such a zeal for Christ. And then you'll see with my content that I clearly, I care, but I'm more of the kind of guy that like, if I'm watching a movie, you're probably going to see me bawling my eyes out and I'm going to be like, I'm a guy that's not afraid to cry. Like I watched gardens of the galaxy, like volume three and I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm like, I'm crying about this, uh, yeah. CGI raccoon. <laughs> and like, I, I'm just like, I'm just an emotional guy and it just hit me yeah. in the feels, and I'm not
0: afraid to show it. Yeah. Well, uh, I noticed uh, at a certain point after I had started having some children, anything that had to do with like the abuse of children or like, you know, taken, it yeah. really gets to you. It got mm-hmm. me a little sweaty in the eyes too. And you're like, when he finally like kills that guy that's, you know, or, you know, gets the bad guy for doing stuff to kids, you're like, oh, thank God. It's such a relief. It's a weird thing. It was like, after I had kids, I got a little, you know, like you said, hitching the feels on some of those, uh, some of those things. All right. Question number five: Top three bands or music albums that have influenced your life the most? They can be anything. They can be Christian, secular. Let's be honest. What's influencing you, or what are the top three bands that have influenced you, or albums? Uh,
1: I would say that uh, well, Jesus Freak was probably like one of my favorite albums yeah. ever. Like DC Talk, that was that was so awesome growing up. Uh, I love Need to Breathe. Need to Breathe is is my favorite okay. band. I finally got to see them in person uh, a couple months ago. Uh, yeah. thanks to Sarah. Thanks to Sarah, my fiance, giving me, uh, getting me a ticket for that. That was amazing. And then, I mean, I've always really enjoyed John Mayer, um, too. yeah, I, I think like, he's just an incredible musician. And I mean, I've, I've gotten to see him like three times in concert now. And it's one of those where like, I, I he puts on a great show and yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's one of those, I've never felt like it's ever been like a political show either. Like I, no doubt I'd probably like disagree with aspects of his politics or something like that. But I'm like, I love that I'm able to go and enjoy someone that has an incredible voice and they've done so many different kinds of genres with their albums. And I go to a show and I'm like, I would recommend this to absolutely anybody.
0: Yeah. Phenomenal, uh, guitar player for sure. Yeah. Uh, question number six, moving right along favorite thing to do when you just want to relax. Man, I, it just, it would
1: have to be either just watching a sports game, which also I'd have to admit might not be relaxing if I have a fantasy football player (laughs) or a bet on that game. So maybe we'll axe that, um, I really geek out on Lord of the Rings. Uh, there's an amazing, uh, either I'll just watch the extended editions, um, which also might not be that relaxing. Uh, I'll admit, but there's a YouTube channel called nerd of the Rings. Uh, I, I can't remember the guy that, that does it, but, oh man, I just geek out over things like, oh, what if Gandalf took the ring and here's what it would have looked like. And I'm like, <laughs> I, there's been times I've just, I've had days where I'm like, I'm just uh, going to relax and I'm going to binge watch nerd of the rings. It's amazing.
0: Dude. Hey, uh, you ain't lying. though. No. that's good stuff. Uh, we're <laughs> a Lord of the rings family over here too. We'll, we'll, we'll go through Hobbit then to the Lord of the rings. It'll be like a three day, uh, you know, binge, uh, fest. All right. Question number seven. Uh, what do people misunderstand about you the most? What's something that they may assume about you or just misunderstand about maybe you, your personality or something. You go, no, that's not true. It's just kind of the, you know, kind of the reputation I have, but it's not true.
1: Um, That's a good question. Um, I mean, especially too when I'm in the content creation game, there's so many times I'll share something that is so rooted in biblical truth. Somebody is just going to call me like hateful. Um, yeah, I, I, I think one. the, um, Probably the biggest misconception is probably a couple of things is probably just number one is that uh, especially when I've spoken on college campuses that I'm unloving, that somehow when I share the truth and I believe that I'm not out there, I'm not like a Westboro Baptist kind of person. I'm not like picketing I'm not like beating people down with the word, but like I'm going to give the truth and some people will see that as uh, unloving or, you know, just not the right way to go about things. Um, yeah. Because a lot of times people just don't like um, being involved in conflict. And I'm involved in yeah. conflict quite a bit. So that gets yeah. people squirmy. And then probably number two on the political side, it would be uh, people, unfortunately, thinking that, like, I fall along with, like, the Trump train. Uh, and that, like, right, everything okay. like Trump would say I'm on board with. But probably out of any uh, Christian conservative content creator, I'm probably going to be the one calling out his nonsense more than anybody, but still saying voted for the guy twice. Right, uh, right But right. you know, leading into this next election, let's make sure we hold people to a biblical standard, but also knowing that like, I'm not holding him to some sort of elevated Christian standard, um, that he doesn't platform that he doesn't deserve or pedestal that he doesn't deserve.
0: Yeah. No, I agree on the on the big meanie one because we've co opted, you know, the, the culture has co opted the word love to mean approval instead of truth. Yep. So it's a it's a weird thing to where if you don't absolutely approve of someone, then you don't love them, which is not true. All right. Question number eight. Uh if you could sit down for a cup of coffee with any historical figure, who would it be and why? Outside of Christ. Can't be Christ. Everyone would say that, maybe. So outside of that, who are you sitting down with having a cup of coffee with for about an hour? Dead or alive? Yeah
1: um yeah because because obviously if we're just going to go like the biblical route it, it's hard to pass up uh someone like paul um yeah Um. it's a pretty uh, popular answer yeah i mean that's that's going to be one of the most popular answers and I, I think something too it would be a lot of just i would geek out like if i could have anybody like on a podcast like to be <laughs> able to like sit down sit down with paul and like yeah. i i'm not going to have any real like oh here's john roots opinion oh my goodness like just what a like filled with the Holy spirit, uh, yeah. and mar- martyred for Christ. Like, I, I just can't imagine that kind of stuff. Like we can hear a lot of mean comments. Uh, but like I yeah. could never imagine what he went through, but if I didn't go biblical figure, uh, it'd most likely be John Wooden.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Uh, all right, Two more question number nine. What's a movie you've watched multiple times. Lord of doesn't the Rings. necessarily have to be your favorite, but one you've watched multiple, would you say the Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, uh <laughs> Gladiator,
1: Airplane, okay. Father of the Bride. Yeah. Yeah, those those are those are all in. Uh, and then Moneyball. Uh, those are all time.
0: All right. Yeah. yeah, those are all good movies. All right, Well, last one uh for fresh 10, what is a book outside of the Bible that everyone should just take a look at, should read uh and, you know, take a look at and open up. Uh if it's still along the uh the Christian route, let me get this one and hopefully it doesn't fall
1: uh mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis.
0: There it is. The I cut you off with the outro music, but yeah, Mere Christianity is almost like enough set. It's one of my favorite books. I'm so glad you pulled that. But uh, why do you like it?
1: Well, I mean, it's one of those two that I, I get so humbled reading this book. Like, I have had to reread pages a thousand times here <laughs> because too. I'm like, I, I don't protect or I don't see, I can't even speak. Right. Um, I, I like to feel that I'm articulate at times, but I am not an intellectual and, uh, you know, I'm going to speak to to issues and hopefully be knowledgeable and credible. Um, when I speak to those issues, but I read something like this and I'm like, wow, like that is just such a, um, incredible breakdown that I'm like, I just don't know. Not that I'm going to try to put God in a box, but I'm like, yeah. I just don't have the ability literally to put something like that, not only to come to my head, but put that in writing in a way yeah. that people uh, can understand. And, you know, especially this on top of, um, you know, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. And, you know, that, that entire yeah. series, it's just like, this guy is a genius. And he was best friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, so, like, obviously, I'm just going to, like, really enjoy the stuff that he – uh, puts out there. And, and then if I didn't choose something that, um, was on the nose, Christian, uh, no other book have I read more, uh, than the phantom toll It's a, it's a children's book, but, okay. uh, if people haven't heard of it. It's just the, the allegory and analogies used in, in that book. I just like geek out on it. It's fun to just kind of get away and feel like I can read a, like a children's book and feel like, wow, this is fairly, uh, profound.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And no one really uh, used analogies quite like C.S. Lewis, especially talking about faith and Christianity, things like that. All right, John, we're going to link it all up, but uh, throw it out there for the people. Where can they find you at on social media if they want to follow?
1: Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter currently. It's at Johnny Root underscore J-O-N-N-Y-R-O-O-T. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, It's at John Root, J-O-N-R-O-O-T. You're mostly going to see a lot of shorts there, but I have things from like faith, sports, culture, Uh, A lot of different, like really hot topics, hopefully with a good biblical breakdown.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, man, and spending some time with us, getting to know you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You're the man, bro. Thank you. (laughs) Same there, guys. uh, Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. We appreciate you guys uh, following everywhere on. Social media, Dead Men Walking Podcast, except for Twitter. They didn't give us that, Real DMW Podcast. You can follow us there. Check us out at dmwpodcast.com for uh, any merch or to get to know us a little bit more. Leave a comment, leave a voicemail, give us show ideas. We love it all, guys. As always, remember the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever.